Israel is the centerpiece of history. It's also the centerpiece in prophecy. There's coming a day when the scales on the eyes of the Jewish nation will be supernaturally dropped off. It will be supernaturally removed. And the nation will see Jesus Christ on who He truly is. Zechariah 12.10 says, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look on Me whom they had pierced and they will mourn for Him as one mourns for an only son. And they will weep bitterly over Him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. It is at this point they will say, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. may have been 2,000 years, but remember what the Apostle Peter writes, that a day is, for the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. In Second Peter 8. This has not happened yet. And therefore, the kingdom is still in a state of postponement. Nonetheless, Christ is imminent. His return is imminent. And being that He will return with His bride, the rapture of the church continues to be imminent. The rapture has not taken place yet. It has to. And then the continuation with the said prophecies. This is the third day of the week in God's created order. Tuesday, the 30th day of January, 2024th year of our Lord. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. I thank you for waking us up. I pray, Heavenly Father, teach us to live day by day. And uh, moment, even moment by moment, to have that fellowship with Thee um, each moment of the day. We pray, Heavenly Father, that You open our hearts to the teaching this morning. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And I don't know what happened to Michael this morning. I, I certainly miss him. <laughs> Uh, I guess I must have clicked something and clicked that right off, the, right off my screen. But um, I'm sure M- Michael welcomes you as well. So let's continue our study. We're moving into Matthew chapter four, and um, we're going to read these three gospel accounts: Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So let's begin. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to the point out of the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, When will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. Move on to Mark 13, 1-4. As he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, Behold, what wonderful stones and what wonderful building. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? 
Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. And he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him privately. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be a sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? And Jesus began to say to them, See to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he and will mislead many. Let's go to Luke 21, 1-7. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into a treasure. And he saw a poor widow putting in two copper coins. And he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the others. And they all out of the, uh, for they all out of their surplus put it into the offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. And while some of them were talking about the temple, that is, was adorned with beautiful stones and votive gifts. Uh, he said, As for these things which you are looking at, the days will come in which there will be not be left one stone upon another, which will be not be torn down. They questioned him, saying, Teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See to it that you are not misled. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. And all of these gospel messages, we find that Jesus says uh, to them that do not allow yourselves to be misled. See, Jesus Christ is the truth and the way and the life. Take your eyes off the truth. You have taken your eyes off of Christ. You have taken your eyes off the only way. You have taken your eyes off of the only life. And remember that if the acceptance of the lie, to, to buy into the lie, and you cannot claim to say that you were deceived. That cannot be an excuse um, because any time that you accept a lie, the first before you can accept a lie, you got to first reject the truth. And uh, remember what happened to the woman in the garden. And how did how did the fall begin by acceptance of the lie? And accepting the lie, the acceptance of a lie kills, destroys. Do not be deceived. Knowing the truth and its truth, knowing the truth protects one from the lie and it will set you free. That's what Jesus promises. Knowing the truth and it will set you free. So our, our study takes us into prophecy. These revealed words broken by Jesus functioning in a prophetical office. Jesus is a prophet at this point. He he is. He gives them short-term prophecy. Many times there are, uh, throughout the Bible, you see the long-term prophecy, you see short-term prophecies. Going all the way back to Joseph. Joseph had two dreams. He had first dream, which was a short-term dream. He 
had a long-term dream. The short-term dream was filled exactly what that dream was. You see, the short-term prophecies that are fulfilled exactly as Jesus would say, uh, as or as the Bible lays them out, and when you see, it brings accreditation to the Bible. It accredits to the Bible to be what it truly is. When I have people come to me and they say, well, I don't believe the Bible. It was written by man and blah, blah, whatever excuses it is. First thing I ask is, have you read it? Have you, have you even read it? Have you even delved into it? Have you even researched it? Because the more you study it, and the more that you're into it, the more you realize this book cannot be written by man. There are prophecies that have been fulfilled. Exactly. Just take Jesus. You can almost look at Jesus as being a short-term prophecy. Yes, they had to go through 2,000 years of, of history prior, leading up to the time of Jesus. Actually, 4,000. But what is a day to the Lord? And those prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus' day was impossible, statistically impossible. But they were fulfilled. Research it. Look at it. Look at the evidences. And if He was so faithful in fulfilling these things, and those things, and, and Scripture, the Bible was right on point, with no error, 100% accuracy, we can believe that which is yet to come. That has not yet been fulfilled. And so we can be excited for us. For uh, We can be excited for us. We can be excited for uh, things that are yet to be uh, revealed. So these revealed words spoken by Jesus, spoken in that prophetical office, became becomes our playbook of the future. We can see what's going to happen later on in the future, and we can believe it. Also, we have the resurrection of Christ. See, Jesus did what was impossible. Jesus did something that was beyond anyone's imagination. He died on the cross. He was buried. And He walked out of that tomb and there were many witnesses. You see, when Jesus died upon the cross, it broke. It not only broke the hearts of those that loved them, but they felt like, in, in another way, that they were betrayed. That they were just carried along. That they believed all these things, all these truths centered around Jesus, whom they accepted as a Messiah, and now he's dead. They were disillusioned, frustrated, maybe angry. But when they saw the resurrected Christ, they saw the truth come back to life. And not only was Jesus resurrected, but everything that Jesus said about the future about what would come. And so prophecy, once again, is the playbook. 
and you stick to the truth. As Jesus continued down the road, we call this eschatology. Eschatology is a study of last things. And as we continue, keep in mind this is a very important point that I've, I've learned. Prophecies, prophecy does not center around the church. The church doctrine is a mystery doctrine. It is, it is the church is is the mystery doctrine, and and throughout the Old Testament they they look forward to the Christ, but except in a few passages, through parallel passages or something, just a hint of this wonderful church is coming. It it doesn't mention it. And the church, when we're looking at history, history centers around and the centerpiece of history and the centerpiece of prophecy, prophecy, as we mentioned yesterday, is Israel. Let's take a look at a passage, for instance. Daniel 9.26 Daniel 9.26, you have, look at this. Then after 20, this, this is the prophecy that the angels given Daniel here. Then after 26 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary and its end will come with the flood even to the end. There will be war and desolations are determined. And when we're looking at this prophecy, we, it, you see how it flows through? And you have to ask the question, well, where's the church at? It looks like this is just one complete narrative. First of all, the cutoff of the Messiah and then enter in the Antichrist. There's no mention of the church. There's, where is it? And the church age, my friends, is a is when the clock of Israel, you remember that we mentioned yesterday that there is 490 years of prophecy. There, Daniel has 70 weeks to fulfill the... Um, let's go back to passage here. I want to bring that up. Let's go. Look at this. Seventy weeks and the Messiah. Here's the prophecy. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. That prophecy centers around the nation Israel. And when I've learned, if I try to, and as I've done, to try to fit the church into a prophetical setting, where does the church, as I'm looking at the Gospels, where does the church fit in? How do I, what does this mean to, it brings up many more questions than what it does answers. But when I put the church out, when I set the church aside, now, when, not, not to say that I don't believe in the church and not that I'm rejecting church, but I'm just leaving it out of the prophetical utterances of the Bible that they, or the predictions or prophecies of the Bible. 
that it stands as mystery doctrine. Even the rapture. I take the rapture out of eschatology and I put it into eschatology or, or um, ecclesiology. The study of the church. That the rapture, the, the, the church started with something very supernatural. It was the coming of the Spirit. And it's going to depart with something very supernatural. The, the removing of the church and taking them to heaven. First uh, Thessalonians 4. That we are going to depart from this earth. You see, we're looking for the Lord's return. But we're as a church, we're not looking really looking for the Lord's return. As a church. We are actually looking to be removed, that to remove from this earth, to meet the Lord in the air. First Thessalonians four. It's that point that the prophecy, prophecies will pick up again concerning Israel, concerning everything that Jesus is speaking about in the gospel. So when we're looking at the gospel messages, first of all, you've got to recognize who Jesus is speaking to. What context? When's he speaking to them? Because the gospel is still a part of the old. Not the new. The church is not even thought of yet. And there's, there, is, there is a few mention. Yes, Jesus did mention to Peter that on this rock I will build my church. But most of, outside of that, most of it is still centered around as if there is as if there was not 2,000 years of church history, that there's one continual viewpoint. But there's something coming. When, when the leading up to this, the, they knew the prophecy. They knew that they, they knew that Jesus was leaving. They knew that he was going and they were going they were looking for the signs of his return. They were looking for the signs of these and their their mindset is still going back to Daniel. Also when you're looking at the kingdom, when you're looking at these these, look at it in the light of Daniel's prophecy. In the Gospels, there are... Okay, we, we covered that. Let's go back to Daniel. When, when we, okay, this is what I want to cover. Looking back at the kingdom, the, the establishment of the kingdom, we, looking once again, looking back to the mindset, the Jewish mindset, it goes back to Daniel chapter 2. It's looking at that kingdom. What is that kingdom? That kingdom is that rock that's coming out of the... The heavens. It's that rock that's going to strike that feet of that statue. That statue represents the the uh, main empires of the world, starting with Babylon and ending with Rome. Let's look at that Roman or Daniel two forty four. And the days that those kings, the God of heaven, will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to these kingdoms. But it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that stone was cut 
out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future so the dream is true and his interpretation is trustworthy. Daniel is interpreting this to Nebuchadnezzar. So when we're looking at the kingdom, this is what this is where the focus has to be. Has that stone cut out of a mountain made not with hands? Has that happened yet? Has it come and crushed the feet of the of the empires yet? It has not happened. So therefore this kingdom this future-looking kingdom is not here yet. It's a it's false doctrine, and uh, we are not living in the kingdom now. We're not living in the kingdom. It has not been established because this prophetical outlook has not been accomplished yet. Want to look what the kingdom is? Here it is. And what is the expectation? Of Jesus' disciples. Well, go to Acts 1 6. So, when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? So, the more I look in my relationship, as a church age believer, as a family of God, the more my expectation is that one day I'm going to leave this body. Maybe sooner than later. Maybe not by death, but maybe by translation. And even if I do die, uh, there is going to be the resurrection and we will meet the Lord in the air. Remember that is not the second advent. There's two Advents. The first Advent is Jesus coming as that little baby and growing up and dying on the cross. That's the first Advent. The second Advent is where He's not coming to the clouds but coming all the way to the earth. And at that point, He's bringing His bride with them. So therefore, if the bride is going to come with them, it stands to reason that at some point the bride is going to be removed and be reunited united with the bridegroom. So does that make me less concerned about prophecy? Does it mean that well, I should... And listen, many churches have thrown out. Many, many churches don't teach this. Uh, for me, I, te- I try to teach line by line, verse by verse. So therefore, when prophecy is taught, I don't... I can't skirt around it. But I'm excited about it. Especially when I believe that I'm watching today. You watch in the world. I can see the stage being set. Knowing prophecy, you can see how the stage is being set. And the warnings that even now that we, we should watch and keep things in perspective. Yes, prophecy is very much what is going on. And... Uh, I like it. Somebody said one time, I, and I, I liked it, you know, stuff. You're sitting in, I don't know who said this, Robbie Dean may have said this, but you're sitting in a theater, and you're waiting for the, the 
curtain to go up. And you're waiting for this big... I, I think about going up to Pennsylvania to the uh, uh, the light show up there. The, the sound and light to this age up there. But the big play is getting ready. This big, fantastic play is... The orchestra is in place. The And you see... Maybe the, the curtain is up a little bit. Or you see in it wave a little bit and see people move around or you see props that are being rolled out maybe under the curtain or oh, you're hearing it. Things are happening. And the play is the, the, the play is getting ready to happen. And then all of a sudden the lights go down. You know it's coming. Also, I've also brought this up before when we were kids and we're sitting in the theater and we're Remember going and movies used to be a treat because you didn't you didn't just have Netflix and movies that you could just bring up on TV just like instantly instant gratification. Oh man, John Wayne is coming out or Clint Eastwood and we're getting ready to go to the theater uh, and we're sitting in the theater sitting there and it's and we're anxious for the movie to start and then all of a sudden the lights go down and you know it's getting ready to start and that's where where we are now where we're in history we know Christ is coming back Revelation says those who study this book there is a certain blessing for it so certainly we may not be here for the big showdown maybe it's like Chuck Messler says we'll be we'll be in the mezzanine watching the watch the events Matthew 24, verse 1 and 2. And Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when His disciples came up to Him to point out the temple buildings to Him. And He said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. Again, a short-term prophecy. This is going to happen. It's going to be 80, 70. And who are these people? I can believe it. They're scratching their heads. Huh? What's going on? What's this is, this is big news. I mean, this magnificent temple is far greater than Solomon's temple. Herod, they call it Herod's temple because he did the remodeling and the remodeling was still going on in the time of Jesus, but a magnificent structure. A structure, probably one of the world's great things that you just had to see before you die, even if you were not Jewish. To come and see this great temple. How in the world can this temple just be destroyed? But it's a short-term process because A.D. 70 will mark when that prophecy was fully completed, fully came to being. And yet, it happened exactly as Jesus said it would happen. Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another. It had to be, it had to, it had to happen that temple had to be destroyed because in Daniel's prophecy it talks about the rebuilding. And what are we talking about rebuilding of a temple that's already there? 
so that temple has to be destroyed. One thing that we're excited about, prophecy, because we know prophecy, folks, that we're excited, and when we hear news about the plans to rebuild the temple, when's it going to be? There are those that understand that a temple is going to come. And when they start the building project, when when ground is going to be broken, I guarantee you, many of us will be very excited about it, unless unless we're not here. Because we really do know that that time is coming, and that time is very short, when we're going to be taken out of here as a church. And again, the continuation of the prophetical, the prophecies that center around Israel, and the, the Daniel's 70th week. The disciples believed Jesus. They accepted Him as the Messiah. They believed that He will be cut off. He was going to be cast out. And to them, what it meant was that they were that He was just going to be ran off. I wonder what I wonder what's going in their minds in this in the sense that, well, maybe they're how's He going to return? Is he going to return back on a great white steed along with his armies? And it's going to come into the city and and liberate those that are captive. To put down Rome and the the current regime. They could never imagine how it's going to take place. You know, I look at that in prophecy too. As my father-in-law would say, that prophecy is best looked at 2020 backwards. Because when it does happen, we have we look at scripture, we look at understand, we become students of prophecy and eschatology. But like the disciples, when it does happen, it'll happen according to the program. And we'll say, oh, okay. And I think if you're really a student of the Bible, you can see how things are already, how Scripture is already being clarified. And it's going to be clarified a lot more as we continue in history. So, they have yet to grasp Jesus, how Jesus is going to depart this world. And so, they can't imagine how glorious His return is going to be. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning to come together and fellowshipping in your word. I pray, Heavenly Father, difficult subject, and I pray, Heavenly Father, that you be with with the speaker and be with the listeners. Guide us in discernment and understanding of these wonderful doctrines the eschatology, the study of last things. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, tonight is our Great Upstate Bible Challenge. It will cover the first five chapters of the book of Matthew. I hope you join us. We're streaming at 7 o'clock. If you are in the neighborhood here in Duncan, please come by and uh, challenge yourself to the knowledge of of what you've studied over the past month. So until then, stay motivated in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. Lord willing, spirit guide, rapture painting.
We'll be back here in the AM. For joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.